0: about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Alright, take your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 24. We've been talking about uh God's love and how much He loves each and every one of us, and His love for us is unconditional. And basically, we've been dealing with it from an end times perspective. Say end times. End times. People say, well, Pastor, do you think we're in the last days? And I always say, well, we are in our last days. Something i go right over your head. You're in your last days, whether you know it or not. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we need to know what to do and how to be prepared. Matthew chapter 24. All right, let's look at verse look at verse ten. This is talking when they asked Jesus about when the end should come, etc, etc, and Jesus said, And then shall many be offended, shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Hallelujah, and many false prophets shall rise, and many deceive many, and because of iniquity or sin shall abound the love of many shall do what? Wax cold. So we know right off the bat one of the main things that we have to protect in our lives when we're alive in the days we're living in is love. We have to protect love, not only our love for other people, but understand that God loves you. I think that's the greatest revelation I ever got in my life, and I got it the day that I was born again, was that God actually loved me. I didn't know how He possibly could. I didn't love me. I don't know why anybody else loved me. But for some unknown reason, He loved me, even at that time. And when I got that revelation, it just exploded on the inside of me and totally changed my life. So one thing we don't want to do is have our love wax cold. How many know it can? You know, the Bible talks about a hard heart. Sometimes I can feel when my heart is actually getting hard. You know, you can feel it. All at once, whatever anybody does isn't right. Well, they gave me $10, they should have gave me 20 God bless me, you should have blessed me more. What's happening You're getting hardness of heart there. You can tell by your attitude. You can tell by the way you're thinking. So, these end days with everything that's going on and all the different stuff happening, your heart can easily wax cold. Say cold. Alright, go to Luke 21. All right, Luke 21, did you find it? This is basically the same scripture that was in Matthew. They asked him the question. This is Luke's version of it. Look at verse 25, Luke twenty-one twenty-five, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of the nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, and men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Once again, here's a warning from Jesus. And basically, it's telling us that in the last days, men's hearts will start to fail. How many of you know you have a heart? Now, this is not talking about your physical blood pump that pumps the blood out there. It is talking about your soul and your spirit, which should be sanctified together slowly. It's talking about your heart, basically. And your heart here said, basically, what's going to happen? It's going to start to fail people, and it's going to start to fail them because of what? Say fear. fear. I'll tell you, in the day and hour we're living in right now, everything is trying to be adjusted and controlled by one thing, and that's fear fear is trying to take over. Why is that? Because fear is actually not a natural thing. It is a spiritual force just like the Holy Ghost is a spiritual force. Fear is a spiritual force. So you can't look at all the natural things happening out there, get upset at them, get mad at them, shout and scream at them. That's not going to do any good because there's something behind them called a fear It'll come upon your heart and it'll start having your heart start to fail. Well, what are you going to do if your heart fails? Your heart is going to grow cold and loving others and yourself and people around you. So, once again, he has a warning. Not only does he say this, your heart might, might start to fail, but fear may come in and that may be what causes your heart to fail. Say fear. fear. Say it again. Fear. fear. All right, go to Acts 26. All right, Acts 26. This is uh, talking about when Paul basically got uh, knocked to the ground and got a revelation of Jesus Christ and all those things, and he's sharing that with somebody. So, Acts 26, Jesus is explaining that, and in verse 17, Jesus is talking to Paul. He says, I'm going to deliver you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send you. I'm going to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto the power of God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So here he says this is what I'm going to have you do Paul. I'm going to make sure that you basically take them from the power of Satan into the power of God. Now anybody who's not born again out there is under the power of Satan whether you believe it or not they are basically they're being controlled, the nature on the inside of them is a sin nature, it's Satan's nature, and basically they are responding to the spirit and the effects of that spirit in their life. So here he says, what do I want you to do? I want you not only to get them born again, get an inheritance, but I want to take you from the power of sin, power of demons, the power of Satan, and move you into the power of God. Say the power of God. Now the power of God we know is called the anointing of God on a person's life. All of you here have the anointing not only in you, but also upon you. The power of God is in there, and it's on you. And what he's saying here, I want you to take them from one power to the other power, because you're going to operate in one power or the other power. How many would rather operate in the power of God than the power of the devil? All right, all of you but one. That's good. Praise God. If we can just get that one in there and push him in, everything's going to be great. That's going to be marvelous. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. All right, you find it, Colossians 1? Look at verse 13, it says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Notice, He took you the day you got born again, He delivered you from the power of darkness darkness. How many of you know that's the power of Satan, that is demonic power, that is the power of demons. And at that time he entered you into the kingdom of his dear son, which is a kingdom of power also, and also a kingdom of love. We know that God is love, his son is love, so you've been translated into the kingdom of love. The reason why love is so important in this day and hour is because if the enemy can get to your love he can short circuit your power. And that's all he cares about is the power you have. He don't care if you go around and do a bunch of religious things. He don't care if you win at bingo, don't win at bingo. You spin the balls, you do all this stuff. All that stuff doesn't make any difference. He's afraid of your power. You've got power on the inside of you, and he don't want you to know it. He don't want you to know what you can do with it and what's available to you. So basically, he wants to keep you under his way of thinking and his way of doing things. And the way he does that is through something called fear. See, we're all Christians, we learn about this stuff. Well, well how are you going to connect to God? How things going to happen? Faith. Faith connects me with God. Faith gives me things from God. Faith enables God. Faith allows God. Faith does this for God. He allows it, and all that's true. But what we don't understand is the receptacle of that, and that is fear allows the devil. Phil, allow the devil in your house. The Bible says, give the devil no place. If you're walking in fear, you are giving the devil no place. You just don't read that scripture and say, well, I give the devil no place in Jesus' name then you go out worrying you fear all day long. No, fear is just like faith. Faith to God is like fear to the devil. Are you following me? If you're walking in fear in the area of your life, you are allowing the enemy to get in there. That's why there's such an attack with fear from the pandemic to everything that you see going on. The devil wants to get back into your life, and he's going to do it by getting you in fear one way or another. Hallelujah. If you looked up one time, said, how often is fear not in the Bible? And somebody said, it's right around 365 days. Come on. See, why is that? Because we've got to fear not. How many know fear has got an attempt to come into your life how many days? Every single day. Well, every time you go into fear in whatever area it is of your life, you start to meditate on those thoughts that gave you the fear, just like faith. Meditate on the Word of God day and night, and you shall see to do. And all at once it starts operating on the inside of you, and then it gets into your mouth, and you start speaking it. And when you speak it, it, everybody wants to declare for the Word of the Lord, hallelujah, Finances. Health, and then they leave here, and I've just been sick as a dog lately. It's just been terrible for me, and I just got any money, and I. Well, you're still declaring. You were just being held accountable. Ouch! You're being held accountable by the people in the church, and you can get up front and say all that stuff because you know somebody would lovingly slap you. See but you get out there on your own, you're still declaring the word, you're still attracting something, you're still revealing something, you're still either asking God's help in your life or the devil's help in your life, depending on what you're doing, whether in faith or whether you're in fear. And if you get in fear, once again, it short-circuits the love of God on the inside of you, and faith works by love, and the power works by faith, so if I'm going to short-circuit love, I'm going to knock my whole power out. But then i got no power to do anything, do you see? And what does fear do? It cripples you from doing what you're supposed to do. Why don't many people lay hands on the sick? Because they're afraid they won't recover. But God never said, if you get over your fear, lay hands on the sick. No, He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, cast out devils. He didn't say, try to. He didn't say, you might want to. And most people see a devil, they run out the back door. How many know they are not going to cast many out? Come on. And why is that? Because there is fear in their life. And fear basically because they don't have the knowledge of what is going on, or who they are, or their position. If you knew your position you would never have a problem running from a devil again. And many times he won't even come around that much anymore, yeah. But you he know he's going to have a problem when he does. Mm-hmm. See, because you know who you are, And you know the position you got, and you know where you're at. So that fear drives that out, and anything you're afraid of, the best way to get over it is do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if you lay hands like this. Healed. Oh my God, I did it! I did it! I did it! I did it! I did it. I did it. The devil, go! No, every time you act on it, you drive some of that fear out of your life. People come to me all the time and say, oh, I did what you said, Pastor. I laid hands on somebody who was dying, and they died anyway. Well, they were dying anyway. You didn't kill them. <laughs> well, I laid hands on them, and they died. Well, they were dying anyway. It's not like they were living, and you said, be healed, and you killed them. But in their minds, see... The way they think, they think if I'd never laid hands on them, they'd live. No, you gave them an opportunity to receive the power of God on the inside of you and to get over your fears in that situation and operate on that stuff. Whether in relationships, even in marriage. How I many you know in marriage, if you are afraid of your spouse going out with someone else, that marriage will never go anywhere? See? Because if they go to the grocery store and it takes an hour and seven minutes rather than an hour, they probably had an affair in seven minutes. See, that's the way your mind operates. That's where it does. not this fear binds you up and it keeps you from doing what God wants to do. And it starts to cloud your heart. And pretty soon you're getting suspicious. And pretty soon nobody likes me and all this stuff. Notice fear is in the world right now. And it is stronger than I've ever seen it before in my life right now. People are plain out scared. The One, one translation, when was it? When they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they were sorely afraid. I mean, afraid's bad enough. But to be sorely afraid is really bad. So what was it? They were scared they were afraid. Well, Jesus said in these, in these last days, in your last days, there's going to be opportunities for you to have fear in your heart. If that fear gets near your heart and starts to cloud your heart, your love's going to grow cold. If your love's going to grow cold, your power's going to be no good anymore because your faith works by love. Are you following? So, what is it? There? There's two kingdoms, whether you believe it or not. I know there are two parties and two this and two that. There are two spiritual kingdoms only, There is God's kingdom, and there is the kingdom of darkness. One is God, faith, love, peace, joy. The other one is fear, doubt, unbelief. And I'll tell you, fear and unbelief are twins. They run around together holding hands all the time, praise God. You get into one, you get into the other. You get into one, you get into the other. You get into fear, you get into unbelief. See, even with sickness and disease running rampant, you've got to come to a place where you understand, where you don't have to be afraid of anything. You've been raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, and you've got something bigger on the inside of you that could ever come against you on the outside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the? Well, geez, even if I die, he can raise me up. Come on now. So what do we want to do? We want to get over fear. We want to be knowledgeable in the things of God. We want to understand what's going on. We want to be able to detect fear. I'm afraid so. ever hear that? I'm afraid so. What do you think? Are we going to lose our job? I'm afraid so. Well my God you might as well just tell the devil to come in and take your house, car, boat, everything that you got and move on my goodness sakes. No praise God you can't do that. You've got to understand that you are the one and you are pulling this. You're either employing God if I can say it that way you know what I mean or you're employing the devil. You're employing one or the other. And then when you employ the devil you want to blame God. For allowing the devil to come into your life when you're the one that signed him up, yeah. interviewed him, gave him the job. Come on now. Yeah. That's the way it is. And you got to make the choice which side you're going to get on because yeah. it's going to make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in your marriage, and every single thing around it, even in your church. We need churches of faith and power right now. Yeah. We don't need the regular church, garbage church, the whatever church, and it's fine, everything. But I mean, there, there's more here that the church has not stepped into or not even known about or not even moved into, but it's not going to be done by one man. This man over here, this great man of God here, praise God for them, but it's going to be done by a body of believers who come in unity of one. That's all the way it was because we're all part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I may be the finger, you may be the toe, but we need both. Yes. See, we don't just need one large finger. You know, like in the sports things. And everybody honoring that finger, it ain't going to work that way. People are going to grow into things of God and become disciples for God. Jesus just didn't do it himself and say, the heck with you 12. I care less. You can rot. I'm, I'm the king. I'm doing everything here. No, he was discipling people to do what he could do and even greater works than he could do basically. And telling them about the anointing of God and telling them about unbelief. And notice when he went to his own hometown, he couldn't even do any mighty works there because of unbelief. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if Jesus can't do it because of unbelief, I guarantee I can't. Come on, do you see? So these are things we've got to detect. I've got to detect when I'm in unbelief. I've got to detect when I'm in fear. I've got to see these things because I know what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to get in there. It's not the person who spoke it into your life. It's not the TV show you watched. It's a spirit that's sitting there waiting to pounce as soon as you give it an opportunity to do so. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. got to be careful. Sometimes when you get in real tight situations, you'll even pray out of fear. Oh, Lord, Lord. you know they're going to take our house. You know we haven't made the last two payments. And you know I've lost my job and ain't going to have anything. But I'm trusting you. No, you're not. You just received demons, hordes of hell on your life and now you're calling out to God. Don't do that. Praise God. Pray what God prays. Say what God says whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Not what you don't desire or what you got, but what you desire that's promised in the Word. And that's a declaration once again. And as you do that, you release the power of the Spirit of God. You release angels. Yes. See, everybody wants to fight the devil. Everybody wants to be in the army. Everybody wants to do this stuff. You're not in the army. You're a citizen. Right. The angels are the army. And just like if somebody breaks in my house and I'm going to call the police, I expect them to show up, and I expect them to show up fully loaded and ready to do something. Well, if I get an attack in my life, I'm going to call the angels. And they're going to come, and they're going to be fully loaded. And they're going to do what they've been called to do, and they're going to react to the words of my mouth that I speak, and they're going to do something in a spirit that can't be done by a natural person, because I'm operating in the spirit of God. Are you following me? Yes. I know. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of what? Sin, Sin and death. Now what's he talking about here? He's talking about two, two kingdoms, two laws. Say laws. Yeah. Laws operate simply because laws operate. You don't make up a law, you don't, laws are laws. You understand? You throw your ball off the roof, it goes down, it doesn't go up. Why there's a law of gravity there. Nothing you can do about it. It goes down. Hallelujah. A plane flies because of the law of lift that oversees the law of gravity. It makes it go up rather than go down like it should go down. You shut off the law of lift, the plane going to come down. See, because there's a law there. Here he's talking about two laws, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Two laws. You choose which law you living by. So you make the decision which law you're going to live. You stand on top of a building, you got a choice. Jump or stay on top of the building. If you stay on top of the building, how many know you're going to be safe? You can smile all day long. You can sing raise a hallelujah off the top of the building all day long if you want to. But how many know if you jump, you can't say, Oh, God, why did you do this to me? I've been such a good person. See, but that's what we've been doing, see? We're jumping off buildings and then blaming God or calling out to God the last man. Don't jump, for God's sakes. There's a law in operation. Well, I don't believe in that law. I just don't believe in gravity. I went to school, you know. And I'm going to jump off this building, and I'm going to be just like that bird over there. See that bird over there? You jump and flap all you want, praise God. And I guarantee you're not going to change that law. Hallelujah. See? And I don't care if you intercede before you jump. Bye-bye. It'll go from Kemaka to Teah to... to Why? Because it's a law. Are you following me? So here he says there's two laws you can live by. You can live by the law of sin and death... Or you can live by the law, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Which one do you want to live in? Well, I would want to live in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So what am I going to do? I'm going to stay in line with the word of God. I'm going to keep fear out of my life. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to love other people. No matter how hard it gets, I'm going to love other people. Praise God. And how many know it does get tough? There's a few people out there that are hard to love. Well, no, let me check. There's many people out there that are hard to love. Yeah, But at one time, you were very hard to love Yeah, yeah, yeah There's a lot of people I wouldn't have went to the cross for And still wouldn't Come on now Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Praise God but that's what we're called to do. We're called to keep our love going. Why? So that faith in God and that trust in God rises up. And when it does when I declare something in faith, the power of God that's on the inside of me flows out like a mighty river in an ocean and sets the captives free. And it has nothing to do with feeling. Right. It has to do with simple principle, praise God. It doesn't matter what you feel like before you jumped off the building. I feel like I'm going to make it. <laughs> I emotionally feel like I can make it this time. See, it doesn't work. See, and then the thing, well, I laid hands, I didn't feel nothing. You didn't lay hands on them so they'd feel something. You laid hands on them so they'd be healed. There's a difference between the two. I didn't feel a thing. He went up and prayed for me, but laid hands on me. I didn't feel a thing. Yeah, well, wait about an hour, and maybe the Holy Ghost will get you on the way home. Praise God for it's over. But it's not based on feeling. It's based on healing. See, it's based on being touched by God. If you get prayed to get stirred up, then it doesn't matter if you don't feel a bubbling in there. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. It all depends, praise God. But go for whatever the word promises you and believe that you got it, whether you felt like it or didn't feel like it, and you'll get it because it's already been offered to you, and you're going to receive it. Well, maybe God don't love me enough to, well, you got issues, don't you? Because in order to love somebody else, you must know that he loves you first, and you don't even know that he loves you, so it's not going to work in your life. Remember when the leper came down? He came down and looked at Jesus and said, if you want to. You can heal me. What was he saying? I know you got the power. I know you got the ability. But I don't know if you love me enough to heal me, whether you do it or don't, like most of the church. I don't know if he wants to heal me or not. You know, he might or not. God can do whatever he wants. He's sovereign, you know, and maybe he's in a healing mood today, and maybe he's not in a healing mood today. So it's really up to him whether he's going to heal me, whether or not heal me. If you knew how much he loved you, you'd never think that way. Yeah. Of course he wants you healed. Of course he wants you back in action. Of course he wants you doing it. Why? Because he loves you unconditionally, praise God. And that's why it, mm, mo chete. Now we're gonna go. We're coming off the teaching. I can feel it coming. That's why you can have some hobo walk in the back of church who don't know from God from a horse, never serve God's out there smoking, drinking, doing everything, and there's a call for healing. He comes up front, you lay hands on him, and he gets healed instantly. And the rest of the church, who are the most devout people in the entire world, who have been serving God all of their life, went up for their healing, and they didn't get it. And yet this guy got it. He don't deserve to be healed. Let me tell you what, neither do you. But you think you do. That's why you're not getting healed. Because you think you did something to convince God or manipulate God or talk God into healing. You don't have to talk him into anything. He loves you. He loves that person who came in the back door just as much as he loves you. Only that guy didn't know any different. He just said he wants to heal me. Good. Oh, I'm healed. He runs out the back door. And then everybody wants to get mad at him. Well, I hope he don't come back to our church again. He gets healed every time he goes up there, for God's sakes. See, that's not it. See, it has nothing to do with this stuff. You You, you don't get a star for every time you came to Sunday church. You don't get an extra bozo button for what you did religiously, praise God. You don't get that stuff. God loves you simply because you don't deserve it. He loves you in every area of your life, and he's trying to get this stuff over to us, but we've been so Santa Claus mentality you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. God's coming with healing and you ain't gonna get any. He's got his list and he's checking it twice. Looking too, gonna to get naughty or nice. That's not God. You know, and our kids sometimes pick up that mentality if we overzealously do it for them and they equate God with Santa. And when they get older, it doesn't work out because they do their best to get from God stuff that already God got for them and already provided for them. And it belongs to them. And all they got to do is simply receive it from them. And they basically get it. Do you see? So, all these things come, man. I mean, I can remember when I first started going to meetings. And I mean, I love God. I just got born again. I'm excited. I'm fired up. And I go to meetings. Not once people are falling down, and people are shaking under the power, and people are running in place, and people are stuck to the floor, and people are doing all this stuff. And I'm sitting in the back. And first of all, I wondered whether it was a cult. Come on. That's definitely the first thing. See, whatever you're afraid of, you'll make an excuse. Yeah. Tongues, no, that's a cult. <laughs> Nobody speaks in tongues. Mm-mm. Laughter, It's all fake. They hire six or seven people to go up there and laugh hysterically. And everybody thinks that they're not. A- See why? Because you're afraid of it. Because you're afraid of what's going on. You're afraid of what's happening in the natural. You're afraid of what the Word of God says. And you're more afraid of the natural realm of what's ever going to do. I just don't believe that falling down on the spirit stuff. I'll tell you that right now. Why? That's the devil. That's a cult. That's a cult. Why is that? Because whatever you're afraid of, you will have an excuse to get out of and claim that you're right in doing the thing praise God so praise God I was sitting in the back of the church and I'd watch this stuff and I'd watch this stuff and I'd watch this stuff and it started getting better because people that I knew who I knew wouldn't do what I thought they were doing got hit so now I had another decision to make I may be wrong my God was that a light bolt it's the first time I've been wrong in 35 years this is unbelievable I can't believe this is actually happening so I decide, my God, they're getting touched. And then and all, once on the inside of the spirit kicks in, and says, that's good. You need that. You need to be up there. You need to be doing, what are they going to think of me? I'm going to get a phone. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Uh, uh. And back there, you're having World War Six, and nobody even knows you're back there. Come on. Most of you have been there. Some of you may still be there at this point. But there's a battle that goes on. Your natural mind don't want anything spiritual. And your spirit wants everything spiritual, praise God. So I decided, praise God, I'm going to go up and I'm going to get it. And I'd come up front and I'd say, let's see. Should I lift my hands or not lift my hands? Well, she lifted her. She got touched. He didn't. He didn't. So. (laughs) Didn't work. Go back to my chair. Well, that guy wasn't anointed. I go find me a church where somebody's got some power in them to do something. Praise God. See, all these thoughts are. And it's funny now, but back then, I'll tell you there's there was nothing funny about this, you know. I want to touch by God. I wanted to move. I wanted to do this. I want to do that. And I'd go up, and they'd lay hands on me. and, it, Okay. Went and sat down, and sister's laughing over here, and this lady's rolling around and doing all kinds. This one's doing flip-flops, and I'm saying, Dear Lord, I don't know if he runs out of power by the time he gets to me, or what happens to me? I don't really know what it is. But I prayed. I fasted. I did this. I did that. I've been reading my Bible. I did this. I did that. I did this. I said, I love you, God, three times. I listened to songs. I prayed this. I, I love my wife. I haven't kicked the dog in a week. I'm doing everything good. I just don't know. And all these things have gone through my mind. And then one time they were having a service and, and they didn't have enough people. So they called me to usher Another to catch people. I thought, well, what am I supposed to do? He pointed at me and told me to come up here. So I went up to catch. So I go up to catch. I said, well, I don't want to drop anybody now. I just want to make sure. I want to stay close to make sure everybody's good. And all at once he said, "Filled," knocked me on the floor, <laughs> laid down there for over an hour, laughing, bawling, laughing, bawling. Wasn't even, think, wasn't even thinking about what was going to happen or what was going to go or how it was going to happen. he's he, like he blindsided me. <laughs> it's like the Holy Ghost snuck up on me. And he nailed me. And man, when he nailed me, he nailed me. Do you understand? And then after that, I couldn't even sit in the back row anymore. Because every time it started to flow, it's like it all jumped back there on me. And all at once he'd start laughing here and you start laughing there, what happened? The fear of what the Spirit had for me was slowly being moved out of the way and opening up to me the Spirit of God to do what He wanted to do in my life for a change. And I'll tell you, once the Spirit of God starts touching you, you don't care what anybody else thinks anymore. You don't like my loud laughing, leave. Because <laughs> you just don't care anymore. I mean you're, you're, it's like a honeymoon with God. Yes. I mean God's presence is there and you're there and you're not worried about anything. You're not even thinking about anything but God and He may reveal stuff to you. He may do this or that. Well how many notice somebody's never seen that before? It sees it for the first time. He's going to go through the same thing. we well, are all gone through the same thing. Here we go, there we go, here we go. Is it going to happen? Is it going to, the more you think about it the worse it gets. Because we always want to earn everything we get from God, you know. Well, I got touched. I fasted for 10 days. Glory. That's why he touched me. No, that wasn't it. He touched you because he loved you. Matter of fact, he saved you before you were lost. He healed you before you were sick. Come on, he filled you before you even had the Holy Ghost. Praise God. He wanted you to move into that place. All that was provided for you a long time ago simply because he loves you. But it's that fear that keeps it out. That's why churches this size, people say, we you have a small church. No, I don't. No, I've got, I've got a large church full of spiritual people who want to operate in the Holy Ghost and operate in the things of God. I'd rather have 70 people like this than 5,000 people who have never felt the presence of God, who don't know God, who are afraid of the things of God, if they started laying hands on them. Yes. Yes. I mean, I would love to go in one of the big churches just one time and minister and start laying hands and let the power of God start knocking people down. And I'll tell you what, that church would go from 5,000 to about 2,000 just like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. They'd have to open all the back doors they got, praise God, to get them out of there. And it's not making fun of them, but that's just the way our natural mind thinks on things, praise God. What is it? That's fear. It's the natural, the fear. It's afraid of everything. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid to do this, afraid to do that. Well, what happens when the love of God, you start to understand how much God loves you, you start operating in the spirit of, of law of Christ Jesus, which is a powerful place to be. Now, everything that you do is done out of compassion, See, wherever you see Jesus ministering, you know how he ministered? The Bible said he was moved with compassion. Compassion Compassion is the love of God. So when he went to heal somebody, he wasn't moved by by trying to get a name for yourself. If I can just get this one blind man to see, and it goes all over the Internet, I'll be known as the eye-opening minister. I can start my church over here, the eye-opening minister. No, it's got to do with compassion. It's got to do with the love of God. Jesus loved people. He saw them faint. And he saw them in trouble. He, he wanted to help them, praise God. That's what he wanted to do. And the compassion on the inside of him moved him. Say, moved him. Now you go to the other side, fear will move you. See, love will move you in one direction, but fear will move you in another direction. You can crowd a stadium, yell fire, and people will walk and kill, walk right over the top of other people simply because they're afraid. They don't care if they're even killing people. Why is that? Because fear will move you, just like faith and love will move you. So Jesus is operating in compassion in his whole life. What's he doing? He's operating in compassion. And the Bible says that he came. Well, we better look at that. Go to uh, second. Well, go to Romans chapter 8. been going too well this morning. I've got about 14 more pages, and I made it through one at this point, so we're <laughs> having a little trouble here. Oh, awesome. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 14. For as many, see, that's me, that's as me. are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we can now cry Abba Father. What's he talking about? He's talking about your two choices right here. He's talking about a spirit of bondage. What is that spirit of bondage? Fear. Now once again go to the opposite. What is the anointing of the spirit of God? He is the one who breaks every bondage. What's the spirit of fear? The one who puts you into bondage. So as long as you're walking in the life of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and walking in the anointing you should be free from bondage. If you're walking in bondage, basically there's something there holding you back from living in the anointing which breaks the bondage that you're in. And if you just find out what that truth is and line up with it, you will be set free in your life. Oh, yeah. Just like alcoholism, I didn't have to be set free. I just knew that alcoholism was not of God. Uh, for me to get drunk every day was not there. Uh, I was sort of afraid to quit because if I did, I'd lose, lose my friends. I mean, if you run around with 20 guys that drink and you quit, you may lose 19 of them. Right. Right. <laughs> right. uh-huh. right. See? So basically, I just had to make up my mind. No, I'm going to walk in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid of it anymore. I make a decision right now to walk in this, and I'm done with that forever. And what happened? The anointing came on my life and my agreement with the Word of God, and it broke that off of my life, took the desire away, took the hunger away, took everything away, and totally set me free so I could walk in life in that area of my life. Now, you may have areas in your life. Now, let me change that. You do have areas in your life where you're locked into something that you've believed for a long time, and it's caused fear in your life, and it's blocking you from walking in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and getting free. But the good news is you have everything you need on the inside of you, which is the anointing of God that breaks every yoke, not just some of them. And when you come in alignment with the Word of God and walk in love, that anointing on the inside of you will break every yoke off of your life, every addiction off of your life, everything on your life that needs to go, because God wants to build you and make you into the image of His Christ so you can go out and do the same works that He did, because that's what the church is supposed to be doing. So, here it talks about a spirit of bondage, and it's basically the spirit of what? Fear. All right. Let me see. Where do I want to go? I'm just going to talk this one. Hallelujah. All right. You read the Bible, and it's in there one time, that it talks about a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is there, and Jesus is walking down the street. There's people all over the place. And once he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. Notice he didn't say, have power on me. He didn't say, have authority on me. He said, he had have mercy on me. What's mercy? Mercy is enduring, unconditional love. Yeah. Have mercy on me. And what do they say? Shut up. What are you doing? There's people here ahead of you. There's all kinds of people here at need. He why should you get your healing? You just got to shut up. And what did they say? He cried all the louder. He said, Jesus, you love me so much. Unconditionally love me. Just have mercy on me and set me free. And what happened? The anointing and the Word stopped. Ooh. Ooh. the anointing the word stopped Jesus himself stopped why because somebody got his attention somebody wasn't there because they were hurting somebody wasn't there just because they wanted to prove something somebody wasn't there because they were so good that Jesus should heal them somebody was there who just wanted to call on the love of God in their life to set them free have mercy on me he said Jesus stops somebody's got it where is he where is that guy So what does he do? He goes over there and he delivers him, praise God. He can see. Now he had a whole mob around him. That never shows anybody else getting anything. Come on, same way with the woman with the issue of blood. What did she do? She had the issue of blood for all those years, and finally she heard of Jesus. Well, what do you think she heard? He just loves everybody, heals everybody. Praise God. He's got power to heal everybody. So she went and touched the hem of his garment. Jesus said, your faith made you whole, but we all know that the anointing on him was pulled out by her faith because of the love that she heard that he had for her. And because of that, it went into her and set her free. See, God wants to heal you, God bless you, and all those areas, simply because He loves you, He's already provided all those things for you this morning, and you can have all those things. The Bible says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, and Power. and a sound mind." How many know that's the truth? So, it, here's what I learned when I started reading the Bible, if God didn't give it to me, I don't want it. In other words, if he didn't give me fear, I don't want it. If he didn't give me worry, I don't want it. If he didn't give me all these things, I, don't want, I, want, I want what he's got for me. So he told me to cast all my cares upon him. He told me to believe instead of being unbelief. He told me to trust in him. He told me all these things. So I just started doing these things that he told me to do. So God has given me, praise God. He's not given me a spirit of bondage to fear, but he's given me a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. So what did he do? At that time, he delivered you from, from fear. You do not have to tolerate fear in your life at all. It's totally up to you one way or another. Sometimes you don't know where you're walking in fear, and people may have a word for you, or people, other people may see it in your life. How many know sometimes other people can see it in your life more than you can see it in your life if you've been doing it all your life? So they'll come up to you, and they'll say, hey, this is the problem here. This is your issue here. This is what you need to change here. This is what you need. And if you simply make that little adjustment in your life, the anointing will go to work on the inside of you, and it will set you free from these things that are in your life. But you're the one with the choice this morning. So you're the one with the choice every single day of your life. You choose life and death. You choose blessing or And then he says, you know what? He gives us good advice. He says, choose life. Um, Apparently, some people couldn't make the decision. They were caught going, Mm, so he said choose life and they finally got it then praise God but that's what it's about in the day and hour that we're living in right now that's what this whole thing is going that's the way it starts from everything from the pandemic on on I'm not saying it's not real I'm not saying people aren't getting sick I'm telling you you don't have to be afraid of it if you don't want to be afraid of it you don't have to be afraid of what's going on anywhere, any share, place, or whatever. Because when fear starts to get in, you're going to feel that hardening of that heart start to come. And you're going to get an attitude against certain things. And you're going to feel it on the inside of you. And it's not a good feeling. And it's a very hard time right now to do that, praise God. So praise God, keep an open mind. Walk in love towards everybody. Find out the person you despise the most and start praying for them. Say, Holy Ghost, show me who I'd like to punch the most. <laughs> No, just one, just one, just one, one at a time. (laughs) One, one. And what am I going to do? I'm going to start praying for them. I'm going to start praying the blessing. And and your heart will start, a piece of crust will fall off here. And a hard part will fall off here. And once you'll start opening up again to the things, see? So we don't become on this side, that side. Here we are. There we are. It's all spiritual. Say it's all spiritual. Don't get wrapped up in the physical of what's going on right now. It's a spiritual battle that's taking place. There's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of God. We belong to the kingdom of God. And we've got all the tools we need. And those tools in our life give us the opportunity to walk free of fear, free of unbelief, free of doubt, and walk in the things of God. Hallelujah. But it all depends on how much you put in here and what you put in here. You've got to make a deposit every single day on the things, things of God. Praise God. And some people are easy to love, and so don't pat yourself on the back just because you can love them. Because it's a tough one, see, that come. The people that are out there. The people that just don't know. And the only thing is, once again, it's a lack of knowledge. They just don't understand what's going on and what's happening in the natural realm. So, praise God. You're a spiritual being this morning. Each and every one of you, what we see on the outside is just the house that you're living in today. Praise God. There's a spirit being on the inside of you, and you are going to live by faith, and you're going to live in the power of God. And that anointing is going to be readily available Amen. whenever you need it. You'll be walking down the street. Somebody needs prayer. You're ready to go. You don't have to go fast and pray three days because you've been in hate and fear and everything else at that time. So, we're going to walk in love, first of all, with each other. Yes. Let me give you all a big hug. <laughs> Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because this is what you're going to have to learn. No matter what you're called to do in God, you're going to have to learn this. Because yeah. there's going to be more opportunities. The more you get in ministry, the more you do to walk in fear, get upset, get bent out of shape, no matter what you do. Nobody ever would ever criticize the coffee house and, until she started it. <laughs> See? See, first of all, you're afraid to do it. Then you do it, and everybody wants to knock what you're doing. You see, but if you'd never did it, they'd never criticized you because you never did it, so I feel safe. What are you going to do? Nothing. You going to preach? No. Somebody might not like that. Are you going to do coffee house? Absolutely not. I'm just going to sit in my little seat, wave to everybody, shake their hands, hug them. See, it's when you start to do the things of God that the attack comes against you from the realm of fear and that stuff, see. So so don't, you know, sooner or later, you'll expect it. I mean, you won't pray for it. You won't declare it's coming, but you'll be ready for it because you know it's going to come. Praise God. There may have even been in the last 20 years three people who don't like the way I run church. (laughs) Maybe. I can think of two right now. I don't know if there was three or not for sure. Let me think. But how many of you know I've got to do what I've got to do because I've got to do it? Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's just the way it is. You can't change it. You can't melt and mold the people. You take suggestions. But in your own little world there, you're getting it all the time. Maybe your boss, maybe your friends, maybe people around you. There's always that fear chance coming in there through somebody who's already got the fear. Praise God. So stop the fear from coming in your life and help them get the fear out of their life because fear will always lead to bondage in your life. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning hallelujah we also have women's meeting coming up on october 17th at 10 10 a.m here in the tcvc TCVC, right here in the sanctuary thank you thank you you for your excitement praise god (laughs) praise god hallelujah glory to god hallelujah i feel better i feel good Talk to the Holy Ghost too, man. Be be awake of the Holy Ghost. Just ask Him to show you when fear starts to come against your life. He's a real person on the inside of you, and He don't want you in bondage. He he didn't come here. He came to lead and guide you into all truth, and He that knows the truth shall live in freedom, praise God. So rely on the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And it's not the, He doesn't appear to you in a cloud or come down in a sheet or something. He said, still small voice on the inside of you that lines up with the Word of God saying, don't say that. Don't do that. No, no, don't. Well, apologize for what you just did and do it. That's the Spirit of God on the inside of you. That's all a part of growth, you see. But many times we won't even repent because we're afraid of what people might think to us if we think they've made a mistake. See, it's all got to do with fear, fear, and more fear. No, just be you. Just be you. That's all you've got to be is you and allow the Spirit of God to move on the inside of you and praise God. Come ready next week because those that get baptized are going to get blasted with God. I can just feel it. There's going to be a change in their lives, praise God, that uh, they're praying for and believing for, and some have been waiting for a long time, and God, it's going to be good, I'm telling you what. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father, we love you. I just thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the Holy Ghost who not only with me on Sunday morning, but he's with me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and every single day, Lord God. And I thank you that he is my fear detector. Holy Spirit, you are my worry detector. I thank you for keeping me in line with the kingdom of God as we walk in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for a church of one mind and one heart, one desire to love you, to love each other, and to move in the power of God to complete what you need done in your kingdom for this area. Father, we thank you for the move of God in Fort Pierce. We thank you for the move of God in Stewart. We thank you for the move of God in Port St. Lucie. We thank you for the move of God in Vero Beach. We thank you for the move of God even way out in Okeechobee. Yes. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is out there, too. Praise God. That's right. Just came in last year, but he's there. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it, and we thank you for continuing to lead us and guide us to touch each individual life that we run into today. And we just love you and thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. All right. We'll see you Wednesday night.